0: Great. Now, I, I couldn't uh, get my printer to work this morning, so uh, the, le- the length of the preach will be governed by the battery life of my computer. <laughs> You're all praying, aren't you? Lord, Lord, run his battery down quick. Now, last, <laughs> last week, um, Johnny and Paul talked to us about the first part of James chapter 2, and avo- about avoiding favoritism. And, uh, Uh, During the week, I was was reading a a sort of diary by uh, an Anglican vicar uh, from uh, Wiltshire who uh, was just recounting his year through the first year of the lockdown. And um, uh, he just reminded me that Jesus, at the very start and the end of his life, shows there's no favoritism. Remember, we were talking about that last week, Uh, there's, there's no favoritism in the kingdom of God right at the beginning, Jesus' uh, birth in the stable, who comes to see him? Some poor, humble, smelly shepherds, and then some rich guys come uh, with some some presents. And uh, it doesn't matter what walk of life we're from, we can come and bow before our risen saviour, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, even at the last, when Jesus is on the cross, there's a thief next to him, uh, one on either side, and one of them uh, has this moment of revelation. This, this is the Messiah. This is this is Jesus, he, he, he's, he's lived a life without sin. And Jesus gives him this promise, truly I tell you today, you'll be with me in paradise. So it doesn't matter who we are, uh, we can come uh, to, to Jesus and find salvation. And that incarnation of our Saviour, that, that Jesus coming here uh, as, as a, a baby, uh, starts and ends with that very clear message, all are welcome to come and bow before him. Now this week we're going to be looking at the second part of James chapter two. So if you'd like to turn there uh, with me, uh, we'll, we'll read it together. So James writes, what good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sisters without clothes and daily food, if one of you says to him, go on, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is that? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by actions, is dead. But someone will say, You've got some faith, I've got some deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there's one God. Good, even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish man. He's pretty blunt, James. <laughs> do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Well, let's, let's pray. Father, please would you help us uh, to see how our deeds might accompany our faith and bring it to completion. Lord, we know that we're not saved by deeds, by, by doing stuff, by obedience to the law. We're saved by grace. And we're so grateful for that, Father. But but I pray that you'd help us to find the appropriate balance in this scripture that helps us to live in a way that reflects our faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you remember last week, Dan mentioned uh, that he walked past a homeless guy and uh, uh, he stopped and... Uh, I see Dan at the back there. Well done, Dan. He's he's doing that homeless thing, he's sitting in a doorway at the back, (laughs) just to remind me of this. So he stopped, he talked to the guy, and uh, (laughs) he gave him some coffee. Somebody's given him some coffee, look, it's it's prophetic, he's just there. And now, I'm I'm not always like this. Uh, when, when When I'm walking down the street, I see somebody sitting homeless in the doorway, Often I'm fascinated by the rooftops on the far side of the street. Oh, that's fascinating, Till I've got past. I don't always stop and, and say hello. I was in London uh, last week, and um, uh, I, I was approached by, by two people uh, who, um, who had something to, uh, to ask me. They, 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 were, they were charity uh, uh, people who wanted to sign me up for, uh, for things. And the first one was from Battersea Dogs Home. And uh, he said to me, excuse me, sir, I was wearing a tie. He said, excuse me, sir, are you a dog person? I thought, no, no, I'm not, I'm not a dog person, no. Uh, well, well um, might you be a cat person then? And I said, no, I'm not a cat person either. And he said, well, not yet, not yet. I, thought, I just hope he's not still waiting for me to come back. And then uh, I, I walked on a bit further, and um, a, a, a chap... Uh, said to me, um, he was also a, a charity collector. He said, um, "Excuse me, he said, do you want to stop knife crime?" <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, "Yes, yes, <laughs> I do. I do." <laughs> Just checking, he hadn't got one, you know. But uh, not right now. I'm, I'm, I'm in a bit of a hurry, and so I walked on. So uh, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't respond perhaps very well to those those approaches. Of course, you can't, you can't say yes to everything, can you? And I'm not completely heartless. I've got some... some co- <laughs> just, just, just in case you thought I was, you know, don't bother asking. You know, I'm, he's, He never says yes. So I've got, I've got, I've got some friends in the office, uh, and they, they were doing a charity sleep-out at, uh, at the Cathedral Cloisters for the Benjamin Foundation. And so uh, they asked if I wanted to join in. I said, no thanks, you know, sleeping out at the Cathedral, no thank you. Um, um, but I'll sponsor you, I said, you know, I'll I'll sort of salve my conscience by by giving some money. So I did that, and uh, a week or so later they said to me, well, they're not doing very well, they've got a target to raise £2,000, and um, they got to £270 with only a few days to go. So I said, well, I'll tell you what, we'll write to some charities where I'm a a trustee and uh, see if we can get some money out of them to support this uh, sleepover for the, the for the Benjamin Foundation. Apologies, I've told this story to one or two others. But uh, so so we wrote to one charity, where the Bishop uh, of Norwich is a trustee. And he wrote back, said, yeah, happy to support this, as long as Stuart does the sleep out himself. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I'm a lawyer. I don't get out of bed for nothing. And uh, so I I said, ask him how much he's he's prepared to offer. So he said, 1,000 pounds. So I thought, well, I've got to do it now. I've got to do this sleeper. And of course, uh, it was very mild. It was it was a week last Friday. It was dry. It was great. And actually, I quite enjoyed it. You know, sleeping on the hard floor wasn't much fun, but uh, it was quite a social thing to do with friends from the office. And they turned to out to be to be blessing in it. And in fact, the, the following morning there, there were there were hot dogs in the evening. There was there were bacon rolls in the morning. And in the morning, I was chatting to one of my colleagues, and, and I don't know how this arose, but he said, I've just started reading the Bible. Because you know, I, I do some work with the, the Church of England. Pe- people, people think I'm you know, religious. And so they talk to me about these things. And he said, I've started reading, I started reading the Bible uh, from the beginning. Uh, so, so, OK. <laughs> but I, I, I will have a further chat with him. There, there were others around. It wasn't, wasn't the moment to, to get into a deep conversation. Uh, I said, you know, all pivots around Jesus, and, uh, you know, you, you, it's all right to skip ahead and <laughs> read what happens uh, in the New Testament, but uh, the, 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 that conversation wouldn't have happened and, unless I'd said, yes, all right, I'll do this, this sleepover, and there was blessing it. There was a kind of social, there was fun, you know, sharing, sharing uh, that time with, with folks at work. Uh, it's a three-story three office. There are people on the other, other floors that I'd never meet and talk to during the course of the week, so... There was blessing in it, unexpectedly, because I'd said yes. Now, why have I told you these stories? Our passage from James talks about the difference between uh, just what we believe or say we believe on the one hand and and how we live our lives uh, on the other. And there's a sharp contrast here in this chapter uh, with faith being described as dead on the one hand, if there's no evidence of it in our lives. Uh, And on the other hand, uh, it's being described as being made complete by what we do in response to it in verse 22. And James gives a couple of examples. He talks about Abraham. Uh, he's prayed for years for a son. Eventually, uh, the, the lo- longed-for son, Isaac, arrives. Abraham's 100 by this time, and his wife is, is 90 or something. It's just a total miracle. He's got this beautiful baby, Isaac. And God says, uh, after a bit, I want you to take him now and sacrifice him. Uh, and But Abraham you can imagine the heartbreak here but, but Abraham goes believing that God can raise his son from the dead uh, if, if, if he gives him to God in a sacrifice and just at the last moment God stays his hand and provides a, a ram instead and, but, but Abraham showed he was, he was willing he believed God, he trusted in God as he went to do this, uh, this, this huge thing and then uh, there's another little story about Rahab uh, from the book of Joshua, chapter 2. Now our faith comes by hearing the word of God. We hear God speaking to us, and or we read in the scripture, and we think God somehow quickens something to us. We think, yeah, this is for me. This, this word is for me. And uh, we, we hear uh, the word. God, God says to us in Romans uh, 10, verse 17, faith comes from hearing the message, that's this, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Uh, and it's enough for us, in a way, to, to be saved, just to declare Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, uh, we'll be saved. That's, that's what it says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. So we're saved. But somehow, uh, unless there's some evidence of that in our lives, uh, we, we, we're not demonstrating that to folks around us. People around us won't know, they won't care. And sometimes we're the only Bible our, our friends will, will read. <laughs> it's, it's our lives that speak of Jesus to them or not. So we really need our lives to be saying something about Jesus to them, to be evidencing our faith uh, for folks around us. Now, it's easy to sit back uh, if, if we're comfortable. We say, I believe, you know. But faith isn't really asking very much of us in, in that setting. Uh, it's not, it doesn't require a lot of faith to sit back and say, I believe Jesus uh, came and died for me and then rose again and just have a cup of tea uh, your faith isn't being tested there, it's not growing it's, it's not getting scarred or wounded, it's not getting burned or, 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 or demonstrating anything uh, it, it it's might as well not be there at all, that's what James says it's, it's dead and useless but I was struck by this idea that f- our faith is made complete by our actions somehow there's, there's a completion in this and so, so I thought about uh, what do we get Uh, when when something is completed Uh, the people of Israel are told in Deuteronomy uh, 16 if they follow the law including the requirement to have a seven day festival uh, a harvest festival annually the Lord would bless them in all their harvest and in all the work of their hands and it says their joy would be complete so if if there's obedience there's a completion to their joy something is is, uh, uh, added by God John the Baptist described himself as being like the, the friend who waits for the bridegroom, waiting, listening for him. And he's full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. He thinks, great, now I won't have to marry uh, the, the bridegroom to the bride, because the bridegroom's turned up. And uh, I'm so, you know, so so glad that he's here. That joy is mine, John the Baptist said, when, when he heard Jesus. He said, my joy is now complete. There's some sense of completion there and in the fulfillment of God's words later on uh, Jesus uh, talking about uh, uh, himself as the vine and disciples and us as the as the branches Uh, he says as the father has loved me so have I loved you now remain in my love if you keep my commands you'll remain in my love just as I've kept my father's commands and remain in his love I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete so there's, there's something of joy in all this we talked about that a little bit earlier that, that we might know the joy of the Lord and, uh, and have some fun together along the way and uh, John, uh, elsewhere in John, John 16 he says ask and receive and your joy will be complete and uh, we, we see that Jesus only does uh, what he sees his father doing he only speaks the words his father gives to him and so he's speaking and acting with faith he's, he's receiving faith as his father speaks to him uh, and he's responding in obedience. And that's the kind of model for us, really. As we, as we hear God speaking over our lives, uh, we're asked to respond in obedience. And it's, it's a powerful testimony. He says, this is a, this is a strong testimony uh, for, for uh, the works that the Father has given me to finish. They, they're a testimony that God has sent me. So as we do what God says, as, as, as do the things that he's asking us to do, and sometimes stop doing the things that he's asking us to stop doing, uh, then we will find our joy is complete, but there's a strong testimony about about God in that. When I was a little boy, uh, we used to buy um, some tea called Brookbond Dividend. It came in a sort of orange paper packet. I see one or two nodding. Um, And there there were two things about uh, these packets of tea. I I think uh, it's on the slide if you you find it. I'll show you. <laughs> it evaporated no, no it's ba- back a slider anyway we'll, the, the picture will appear in a minute on the front of the, the packet there was a stamp and uh, you could collect this uh, th- this stamp onto onto a sheet and if you collected 60 of these stamps and completed the sheet you got 5 shillings back this is 25p and uh, <laughs> th- th- there was sic- <laughs> there were 60 of these it was worth something then uh, there were 60 of these stamps, so the stamp's were worth a penny each. And uh, if, you, if you filled the whole thing, some of you may have collected Green Shield stamps years ago. It's the same kind of thing. You fill in a book and uh, got, got a gift for it. More interesting to me, inside the packet of tea, there were some picture cards, uh, which, you know, famous people or clothing through the ages or birds or, or different kinds of transport, and I would collect those, and there were only 50 of those to collect, so it was a bit easier. We drank a lot of tea, you can imagine. <laughs> we were awash with it. And uh, so you'd you buy an album, you'd fill the album, and at the end of the series, they'd say, we're going to start a new series now, uh, you could buy any missing cards that you got. So the completion of the, of the set was, was, was part of the joy of it. And uh, I, w- I was watching an episode of Young Sheldon. Anybody watch Young Sheldon a few weeks ago? Uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he describes the, the, the uh, people who, who are sort of avid collectors and must have the complete set. They're called completists. And, uh, and that's a word. I looked it up. It is a, a real word. Uh, so, so there's the joy in completion. It's a bit like completing... Uh, you know, a set of figures from McDonald's, if you collect those, or Pokemon cards, or, or having all the bits in a jigsaw and filling those. There's a real sense of fulfillment in seeing something completed. And I, I want us just to, to, to get hold of this idea, really, that our faith is completed by our actions. It's not complete if we don't respond, but it is complete wonderfully if we do. And that same kind of joy about you know collecting all the cards or, or completing a jigsaw uh, or drinking a lot of tea in the process uh, it, it, that, that joy can be ours if we respond to what God's saying to us secondly Jesus himself was able to say at the end of his life on the cross what was his last words it's finished Yeah, he knew that he'd completed what God had asked him to do and he, he was able to say it's done, it's finished tetelestai in the Greek after which he bowed his head and gave up his spirit, John chapter 19 and verse 30. He had come with a specific goal in mind, to live a life without sin and then to give it up on the cross for us, knowing, trusting that his father would raise him to life again. There's huge trust in that, isn't it? The same kind of trust that Abraham demonstrates as he takes his son to be sacrificed jesus lived that life without sin he gave his life up on the cross he was raised to life again there's lots of evidence to attest to that and in doing that he was able to say i've done it i've completed what my father sent me to do what a wonderful thing to be able to say at the end of our lives a that we know what we're here for (laughs) which is to worship god and tell other people about him but secondly to say yeah i've done that i can i can i can and come to the end of my life knowing that I have completed what God's given me to do and uh, he, he bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds you've been healed none of that will be possible for us if he'd not been obedient to his father and been able to say at the end of his life I've done my part I've, I've completed what, what my heavenly father gave me to do now living a life like that required faith. It required him to know what, what it was that his father wanted him to do and then to do it. And so he, he knows he's going to Jerusalem. He knows he's going to give his life up there. He knows that his father will raise him to life again. But he goes. He gets to the, the, the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, and he has a choice. He could, he, could, he could walk away. He could call for help. But he gives up his life freely. And we see his prayer in Luke 22. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Putting, putting his Father's will first. And only by doing that was Jesus able to say on the cross, it's done, I've, I've finished what God gave me to do, what my Father gave me to do. So there's a real sense of completion there. He'd made his faith complete. And thirdly for us, he, he promises to bring the good work that he's begun in us to what? To completion on that day when he returns. And we find that in uh, Philippians chapter one. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ he doesn't leave us half finished half baked uh, you know, with, a, with a soggy bottom <laughs> uh, if you like uh, uh, those baking programs he, he completes he completes us he brings us to that, that state where we, we're ready to spend eternity with him he doesn't, get part, he doesn't get bored with us on the contrary he says I will never leave you or forsake you He's with us right now, and uh, he will bring us to that, uh, that completion. He, he'll present us. Paul says when he writes to the Corinthians, we will be presented blameless on that day when Jesus returns. Now, we've got a part to play in that. It's not just that we can sort of sit back sipping our tea, endless cups of tea, and, and wait for God to do whatever it is he wants to do with us. He wants us to respond to his word. He wants us uh, to reflect the faith that he's given to us in our lives, but if we if we play our part, then he'll bring us to that, that place where not only are we presented blameless, but we get that reward, well done, good and faithful servants at the end of our lives. So uh, that, that, is, that is worthwhile. So what's our response to, uh, to what James says? He says, faith without works is dead, it's useless. But faith combined with some action, some response is made complete. It achieves its purpose. Jesus has done his part. He came to serve, not to be served, living a life without sin and giving it up on the cross. And he continues to work out his will and his purposes for us. He's got purposes for us. It's not just that we, you know, we sort of languish here, uh, but, but uh, that, that we should uh, get up and go in mission. He's, he's got things for us to do. And you know, he says at the end of, uh, of, of Matthew's gospel, what does he say? Let's look up the words here. Uh, the, the great commission we get at the end of, um, uh, of Matthew's gospel. So he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He's, he's raised, he's exalted, he's at the right hand of the Father. He's there interceding for us. He's, he's not indifferent to how our lives turn out and, and what happens. It says in Hebrews, he's there interceding, praying for us, cheering us on, saying, Father, look at these, they're doing great. Help them, help them. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So, There's there's an injunction for us, a call to mission, to to share the gospel, not necessarily by going to uh, the far side of the world with it, but just to our neighbours and uh, and to the people we meet at work uh, or in the shop or on the street uh, or after a sleep out and sharing the gospel with them. Maybe my response to the people who uh, say, would you like to end knife crime? Uh, Or uh, would you like to give to the dog's home? Is... No, but I, I, I would, I would love to pray with you and share the gospel with you. Uh, so that'll uh, encourage you to to stop people and <laughs> uh, hope, I hope you know that, that people would hear the gospel there. So, if we've heard God say to us something, if we've if we felt God speaking to us, let's make haste to respond to be obedient to Him. If He says, "I'd love you to pray more." Let's pray. If he says, I'd love you to give a little more, then let's do that in faith and see what God will do wonderfully with what we offer. Maybe he's asking us to, uh, to, to go and share the gospel with, with people. Let's do that. If he says, go here and do this, let, let's be a If he's saying to us, do you know what? I'd like you to stop doing this in your life. It's not, it's not what I've got for you then let's stop doing that stuff and give ourselves to being obedient to Jesus. Why would we do these things? Because we want to find the joy of seeing our faith made complete by responding to it with a will. We want to be a people who respond joyfully. There's joy in this for us by acting on the faith that we've received. As we do that, we'll find the world around us is transformed We'll find more people coming to respond to Jesus and knowing his love. We'll find ourselves finding fulfillment in what uh, God has got for us. We'll find joy in knowing that we're fulfilling God's purposes in our lives. And at the end, we'll receive that well done, good and faithful servant. I wonder if, uh, Ed, you could, you could come up. We're going to break bread together. And uh, when we do this, we're reflecting on what Jesus has done on Uh, his giving up his life for us on the cross on his resurrection uh, we're we're doing it uh, as a declaration that he will return and um, we're 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 doing it really uh, as a foretaste of the celebration that there will be in heaven it's also uh, it's elegiac in the sense we're looking back to the sacrifice of Jesus giving up his life on the cross so it's rich as we break bread together let's, let's Let's, uh, let, let, let's give it some space. Let's read uh, what, um, what Paul says to the Corinthians. He says, I received from the Lord what also I passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. There's some doing here. There's the taking of the bread and the wine. There is uh, the the eating and the drinking. We're responding to, to Jesus' encouragement to do something And we're making a declaration as we do that, that he will return. We're proclaiming his death on the cross, but we're also saying he's alive and will be back. And there's something powerful in that. And uh, let's not do this lightly. Paul Paul goes on writing to the Corinthians to say, you don't do this lightly. Uh, Just just seek God's forgiveness. Uh, If there's anything you know that's on your heart you haven't been doing right, doing well in, in some area of life, ask for his forgiveness. Uh, and just lay that down before him before uh, sharing the bread and wine, but can I encourage you uh, if you 're a christian let 's share uh, th- this bread think it 's grape juice uh, this morning in faith we 're doing it because Jesus said, "Do this in remembrance of me do do this let 's do this together in faith, and we 'll come back to worship let 's just pray, Father, I pray for us to have fresh faith for this week ahead, for the weeks ahead, that you'd give us faith as we spend time in the word, hearing, singing, worshipping, as we, as we spend time uh, waiting on you. Would you give us your words that stirs faith in our hearts? As you do that, Father, would you give us as well the, the capacity and the desire to respond to your words and to be obedient to it and do it. And I pray that as we do this, Father, you would make our faith wonderfully complete and that we would find joy and satisfaction and fulfillment in all that you have for us. So, Father, help us, please, as we break bread together now to begin this journey afresh of, of finding joy, making our faith complete, As we respond to your words. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Ed thanks.